You're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. This year I waited and I got it on time, so, but I don't like waiting. Um, you know, when I was getting my tattoos done, I had to wait three months and I was so, I was in Melbourne with Nate going, maybe there's a tattoo parlor in Melbourne, I can just duck in and get it done during the conference. And he's like, no. And I was like, okay. I just don't like waiting. Who likes waiting? Like, you know, when you're on the phone with one of your network providers and they put you on hold and you're literally 10 minutes going, is this worth the wait? Like, <laughs> I'm really going to hang, and usually I just hang up. Or, you know, you go to your favorite restaurant and they tell you to book in advance but you don't, and you rock up anyway thinking the table's going to be there. And what do they say? It's like, you know what? Your table, another hour wait. And you're like, oh, my gosh. It's like going to theme parks. And who knows going to theme parks on school holidays is the worst time to go. Like, it's the worst time. Why? Because you know that, that five-minute ride, if that, is literally going to take me an hour and a half of waiting just to, when is it my turn? I'm just waiting for my turn. And you're in line and you're just on your phone. You're doing whatever you can just so for that hour and a half to go past so you can, like, get on. It's your turn, right? Now, what does this have to do with relationships? Well, this morning, Leo preached an amazing message on marriage. If you weren't here, get the podcast. It's free. There's a plug. But if we're honest... We want sometimes that married life now, don't we? Like tonight I'm talking about being single. And, um, and when we're single, we usually want to be married now. We think, we think to ourselves and we say, like, I'm just waiting for Mr. Right. Not me, but the girls are saying, I'm, I'm waiting for Mr. Right. I'm waiting for the one. I'm just waiting for them to ask me out. I'm just waiting for them to propose to me. I'm not mentioning any names tonight. We're just waiting. If we're honest, we feel like we're in this limbo land of waiting period. And we're in this waiting single period, just waiting to get married, waiting to get the boyfriend, waiting to get the girlfriend. But what if we've been viewing it wrong? What if the stage of singleness was just as important to married life itself. And why? Because maybe we can find purpose in that season of singleness that we don't actually get when we're married. See, each season has its own purpose. But the trouble is, listen up, is that we want to rush the seasons to the next one. And what we do is we don't spend enough time in the season learning what we need to learn that's eventually going to affect our next season. Okay, you didn't get it. So what we're doing is we want to rush our seasons. We're anticipating the next moment. And what we're not doing is learning what we need to learn now because we're so focused on the next that we miss out what's going to affect the next. Does that make sense? Ecclesiastics 3.1 says, to everything, say everything, there is a season. You didn't have to repeat that, but that's good participation. I like that. <laughs> to everything, there is a season and a time to every, say, purpose under heaven. So the problem with today is we, as single folks, we want to get married without learning the things in our single life that's going to affect our married life. And it happened to me. 
And that's why this is so important. Like, this is so key because I wish someone preached this when I was single. Now, if you're single, if you're not married, or if you're married, in every season of ours, there's a purpose. And we don't need to wait and play the waiting game. So let's not rush this season without seeing its purpose. And single people, enjoy your season, okay? Because it's, you're never going to get it back. Do you want to know how you leave the house? This is how you leave. I got my keys. I got my wallet, my phone. I got clothes on. And that's how you leave the house. This is how I leave the house. Judah! Judah, Lydia, come on, we're late. Let's go, let's go, let's go, Judah, Judah, Judah. Judah, what are you doing? Where are your shoes? Go get your shoes on. I've asked you six times. Please, go, go get your shoes. Lydia, come on. Why are you wearing clothes? Go back, get your clothes on. Come on, hurry up. Judah, are you ready? What are you doing? I know you've got your shoes on. Why are you wearing pants? Why are my kids naked all the time? Ten minutes later, because I'm, not, I'm clothed. Ten minutes later. All right, are we going? Judy, you're going to be late for school. I don't want to be late. You ain't wearing your shoes. All right, let's go. Do you have to go to the toilet? No. Are you sure you need to go to the toilet? No. Do you need to go to the toilet? No, because we're not stopping. Okay, we get in the car. Like, this is 15 minutes later. We're in the car. The garage door goes up, and I hear that sound in my back seat that I don't want to hear. And you know what I'm going to say, right? Daddy. What? I need to go to the toilet. Why? You had all this time, 15 minutes. Why am I telling you all this? Because it's A, cheaper than therapy. And um, <laughs> Tommy's chipped my chest for a long time. And um, you know what? Because it's a season and this too shall pass. Amen. But singleness doesn't define who you are. Single people, doesn't define who you are. Don't say, I'm single. It doesn't define who you are. It defines the season you're in. Because if it defines the season you're in, then we're going to allow the season to have purpose in it. Otherwise, we miss it, and we don't get that again. If you do, if you have your Bibles with you, turn to 1 Corinthians 7. That would be great. Did you have that trouble with me, Mum, when you were growing up? No, Salvatore, you were good. Thank you. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. You see it? Because I don't. Here it is, 7.32. Now it says this. This is Paul. He's talking to the unmarried and the widows, and he says, I want you to be free from anxieties. So the unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord and how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things and how to please his wife. That's true. And his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed wife is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in the body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this, this is Paul. I say this for your own benefit. I'm saying this so you can benefit. And this is what he says. Not to lay any restraint on you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Church, the title of this message is Undevoted Devotion. Und- tell your neighbor, Undivided Devotion. Undivided Demotion. Demotion. Devotion. 
for the next few moments, I want to touch on three areas of our lives that we must, say must, must give time and purpose in our undivided devotion stage of life. Now, if you're married in this place, this is not a sign for you to switch off, yeah? Because it's not just for, this works well if you're not married because it sets you up for marriage. If you're married, this works well because it sets you up for marriage. If you're not married, it sets you up well for life, okay? So, number one, have undivided devotion to pursuing the one. Pursuing the one. So when you're a single, you have all the time in the world to pursue the one. Think about the season. You're not married. You're not tied down to anyone. You, you know, you're not looking after someone else. You have all the time in the world. You have all the time to pursue the one. And, 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 and in Scripture, over and over and over, God is saying, seek me first. Pursue me first. In 1 Chronicles, it says, seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. Craig Rochelle, one of my favorite preachers, says this. He goes, I will seek the one while preparing for my two. But too often we're thinking of the two. Too often we're seeking the two, thinking she's the one. And God is saying, no, 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 no. I am your one, not your two. I am your one. You see, and we'll go into this later, but we confuse it. We're trying to find out. I'm going after the one. I need to find the one. I need to find the one. God's saying again, hey, I'm up here. I'm your one. Pursue me. Pursue me. You have all the time in the world. Zeke, pursue, not me, him. You have all the time in the world, mom says. Trust me. <laughs> Paul says, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord and how to please the Lord. You see, single season should be purpose-focused. It should be purposed. Focused And Satan wants to discourage. He wants to derail your devotion and pursuit of him. That's what he's wanting to do in your season. But God intends to use you right now where you are with your faith, with your, with your time, with your ability to make an impact in the kingdom that you might not get to be able to do later. Like I look at John Mandukas and he just went, you know what, I'm going to Bethel. See you later, guys. And he's in Bethel. Now, if I turned around and my wife said, hey, babe, I'm going to Bethel for six months. See you later. Guess what's going to happen? I wouldn't be here talking to you today. <laughs> See, instead of making it our mission to get married, make it our mission to pursue, make it our mission, his mission, God's mission, to pursue him, do his will. And you know what? Look for someone pursuing the same thing. Yeah? Pursue him. Him. And look for someone doing the same thing. And again, if we're all the married people, it's, it's, this affects us as well. We need to be pursuing Him also. Our time might be limited, but we need to make sure that we are pursuing Him. This goes for everyone, pursuing Him. In our old church, we went to a, a, a small church in, um, in the Shire, and there was a, one of our friends, he, he's in his 40s, single, and he was always like, oh, when am I going to get married? When am I going to get married? But you know what I loved about him? He always, he, he, his heart was that, I'm just going to pursue after God. 
and I'm believing that someone's going to come along the way. And it's a small church, 60 people in the church, and no one there was for him. But it's amazing what God can do when you pursue him, when you seek him first, all these things shall follow. And he thought, oh, it's too late, it's too late, it's too late. And now he's married happily, still pursuing God, found someone doing the same thing as him. See, in a season where you can serve, this is a season where you can serve in a capacity that you might not be able to later. Where you can grow in your spiritual walk like absolute crazy, spend hours and hours and hours with Him. It's a season where you can minister to others in a higher capacity. Take advantage of it. Anyone who's single, take advantage of it. I look at Ethan, who's not here tonight, and we did a little study thing. He's actually serving in like, what, 13 different things in the life of our church? Like he's on everything, and he's actually in New Zealand now serving God. But he can do that in that, in that time he has. So I want to encourage us, use that time wisely. Amen? While the goal of marriage is Christ-centered intimacy, I, the goal of singleness is Christ-centered clarity. He can give you the clarity of what's to come. Now, if you're married, then pursue your one with your two. All the married people, pursue the one with your two. It will look different. You won't have all the time, but pray together, serve together, worship together, laugh together, pursue Him together. Because um, it's so cliche, but yeah, marriage that prays together stays together. Because, you know, when we fight, and my wife and I don't fight often because she always wins, I just say yes and let her go. No, but when we do, I don't, I don't feel like praying with her. But when we need to pray at the end of the night before we go to bed, it's just awkward if we've had a fight, you know. So praying, yeah, good. Point two, you ready? Have undivided devotion to fight for purity. To fight for purity. 1 Corinthians 6, 15 to 20 says, Now, Put yourself in Paul's shoes. He's writing this letter. Now, when we read it, I, it's, you, you can just read past it as just normal wording. But this is what Paul says. If I actually, let, let's go. 1 Corinthians 6 and 15. And just he, he, hear his voice. Where are we? Ah, here we go. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. And verse 18, hear his voice. He goes, flee, run, get away as far as you can. From sexual immorality. For every sin that a man does is outside his body. But, but he who commits sexual immoral sins against his own body, it says, it, it continues. If you want to click over to the next verse real quick, because I've lost it. Verse 19. Please keep up with me. Words, guys. Also, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom, whom you have from God and you are not of your own? He's like, flee. 
And, and the devil wants to lie to us single people, right? Us, you know what I mean. And he says, hey, if you're struggling with things like pornography, lust, if you're sexually with, with your partner, it's all good. It's, it's okay. The world does it. And you're not harming anyone, really. Who are you harming? And you know what? When you get married, it's all going to be over. So it's okay. Wait till you get married and it's going to go. And can I tell you, that is an absolute lie from the pit of hell. It doesn't go away when you get married. Why? Because it didn't go away for me. It didn't. I thought it would. I honestly thought I was, you know, in my young, early 20s, struggling with this. And I'm like, you know what? I just have to wait until I get married. And when I get married, and guess what happened? I got married. Block your ears, mom. I had sex. Yay! Everything's good. I don't need to deal with it anymore. Months later, weeks, what happens? These thoughts start popping in my head. Where did you come from? I'm married. I'm, I'm having sex. What, why, are you, why am I thinking these last, what, what, what's going on? And I just found myself back in the same old pattern as I want before marriage. And it was the hardest thing as a married man to deal with such a, such a disgusting thing and then having to go through it and then confess it to my wife and then deal with it. It's, it's hard stuff, but you need to fight for your purity. In your single stage, more than ever, you need to fight for it. Because if you think marriage solves the problem, it doesn't. It actually makes it worse when you're married and you're still in it. This is not easy things to say, but I know one thing for sure, that the fight can be won. Because I've won the battle. It's a fight you need to fight, but are you willing to fight it? You see, the devil is fighting this fight whether you fight or not. Married, non-married, the devil is fighting. Are you going to fight or are you going to let him fight you? See, he'll throw punches at you through movies, media, summer, summer, you know, when girls are wearing whatever. He'll throw those hits at you. But are you ready for the hits? Michael Todd, he does an amazing series on relationship. He said this, he said, the hit that knocks you out is the hit you didn't see coming. Because you're ready for some hits. And then all of a sudden, someone gives you, and whoa, where did that come from? It just takes you out. And the Bible says the exact same thing in 1 Peter 5.8. It says, be sober-minded, sober be watchful, be on alert, be ready on the fight. When the fight comes, the devil's throwing his fists, just be ready in any way. What is it? Is it Netflix? Is it the late nights? What is it? Be ready, be watchful. Why? Because the lion, Satan, like the roaring lion, he's after. And he's circling you, waiting for someone to devour. And we just got to be watchful and resist him. Which hits have been thrown at you that you didn't see coming? If we were real about this. And one of these hits is the hit of comparison. Like we've played this game before and I call it the time game. It's, we focus on how long has it been since I've done this? How long has it been? I used to go to a connect group. And the, the guys would be doing push-ups because they did something during the week. And you know... And, it became a competition. I lasted a month. I lasted three months. And, and all of a sudden, we're looking at it outward. Look how long I've lasted. Look at, and, then, and, I've, and, I, and I've realized, it's like, you know what? Maybe we're focused on the wrong thing. Maybe we should be focused on what's going on the inside. Because isn't it what's on the inside that gets reflected on the outward? And what does Jesus say? 
Jesus says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You see, these guys are, look how good I'm doing. I'm tithing. You know, I'm praying. I'm fasting. Look how good I am. I'm doing all the way. It's been a while since I've done this. I've said whatever. And, and Jesus goes, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate. But inside, they're full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate that the outside may also be clean. So often, I think, when we're fighting for purity, we're trying to say, how long can I last without? What do I, I But You know what? They're good, but let's focus on the inside. Let's God, let God get us on the inside. When we fix this in here, we can start fixing out here. Is this okay? I know this is hard, but... We've got to, someone's got to preach this, right? So the battle of purity is the fight your flesh doesn't want you to win. But your spirit does. Your spirit man does. So how do we fight? I can't tell you that without telling you how to fight. So three quick points under that category on how to fight. Are you ready? Number one, set unwavering boundaries. I've heard it said, set boundaries where it hurts the most. Set boundaries where it hurts the most. Not just any boundaries, but the ones that step on your toes. The ones where you're like, oh, Sal, you're stepping on my toes. If I'm saying something and you're like, oh, that hits too hard. To set a line on it. Draw a line. That's your boundary. It's, if something hurts to cut out, that might be a good indication that a line needs to be drawn. It's too hard to say no to making out. Draw that line. Like. That, remember, like, you might be engaged or dating, but you're not married yet, right? And, like, I had to figure this out while I was engaged. I, 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 so, so, you know, it, I, I love watching this Netflix show, you know, but there's a lot of nudity. But it's cool because it's not, you know, draw the line. Like, I love staying up at night, but draw the line. You know, I love driving her home. I love driving it. Draw the line. Honestly, because... You've you got to draw the line. Set some boundaries. Hate me if you want, but tonight I'm drawing the line. Because you know what? I've I got to understand that I'm not the exception to the rule because I'm married and I'm a pastor. I'm not the exception. If I think things like, I can't commit adultery, I won't put boundaries up. I'll never say that. I can't commit adultery. I choose not to commit adultery. So I'll put the line wherever it needs to be drawn so it never happens. Number two, be accountable. Stay accountable with someone who can help you break this and win this fight. A lot of people are accountable to me, and I love seeing the battles one day in and day out. Because the devil wants to isolate you. What he wants to say is this. He goes, hey, you know that thing you're dealing with? You know how bad it makes you look? If anyone found out, they just kind of think you're a filthy sinner. Yeah, the truth is, like in the whole world fights this. But if Christians just got real and got accountable with someone's like, hey, I'm dealing with this. Help me out. Guess what's going to happen? They're going to challenge you. They're going to pray for you. They're going to love you through it. And you're never going to be isolated. And once something is out from the dark into light, guess what? Devil has got no hold. Devil's got no hold over me with my wife because I showed something was in the dark in the light. Now, what can you do? Get accountable. I'm accountable till, it's, till it keeps me accountable. Scary guy. Number three, stay full of him. Stay full of him. Because usually, can I be honest, when I'm tempted or when I'm struck, because we're all tempted, but it's usually when I'm empty. It's usually when I haven't spent time with God. It's usually when I haven't been in the Word. Let's be honest. But when, when we're full, I don't even think about it. My goal is to stay full daily. Stay full daily. Because what fills you determines what leads you. So what are you filling yourself with 
that's going to lead you. And when our spirit man is so on fire for God, and I'm just so in the Word, you know what? My flesh, when people talk about pornography, I go, I don't even know what you're talking about. My mind's not even there. My flesh is dying. It's dead. My spirit man is so alive. And that's why I have an accountability partner who's keeping me accountable. Are you on fire? Are you spending time? Young people, all, like we need that. All those three, that's how you fight this fight. Is that all right? And number three, my last point is this. Have undivided devotion to developing you. Developing you. Now, at the start, I quoted Craig Rochelle. Pursue the one while you prepare for the two. I'm not saying if you're single, don't prepare. Prepare. And I love Leo. Usually when I talk about him, he's not here, so... Here we go. No, but I'll, I'll get the. <laughs> but don't you love when Leo does that whole, like, no one hates their body? You're like, oh, I'm going to feed you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Sorry. It was like, you don't know what I'm like, oh, the illustrations are good. But it's true, right? Like, we don't, like, if I'm cold, I'm going to put a jumper on. It's true. Um, which is absolutely true. But my question is we love our physical self, but what about on the inside? Do we love on the inside? Or is our. Or do you love do you love the real you or just the outward you, which is just a show of what you want the real you to look like? It's too often we look after this and we hate in here. And, um, Jesus, just for time, Jesus is being asked a question. And, and he says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And he said to them, You shall love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the Pharisees are like, yeah, go Jesus. I knew you would say, look how good we, we know this stuff. And then can Jesus continues to speak. And what does he say? And he goes, but the second one, second commandment is love your neighbor as you love yourself. This one's actually as equal as the first commandment. But it's interesting because if you don't love you, how can you love someone else? Yeah. We will love others to the degree we love ourselves. So it's really start, it's time to start loving me and loving yourself. And, and too many of us miss this in our single part. We don't develop this right when we're single. And what happens is we, is we get distracted by many things. And if we can't do it then, then what we do is we add someone else to the mix. And then we've got to develop me and um, all of a sudden, I've got someone else here, and it's actually a little bit harder. You see, because so many times I'm there saying, oh, man, I'm too skinny, or I'm too fat, or I'm just not good enough, or I'm just this, and I'm just that. I'm not like him. I wish I had their clothes. I wish I had them, them. And then I just hate myself, hate myself. And all of a sudden, we throw our partners to the mix. And what do we do subconsciously? Like Leo said this morning, what we do is we expect them to fulfill everything we're not. And we go, oh, that'll make us feel good. And then we start fighting because, you know, all of a sudden you're not making me feel the way I thought you would make me feel because I haven't dealt with this in my single life. And now my marriage, why do we fight? See, we speak, the words we speak are shaping and define who we're going to become. And if we rush this season, we're going to miss it out. But it's not too late. But you see, the other night I went on a date with my wife, which is really cool. And, you know, I'm dressed like this. I'm dressed cool and swag. And, uh, and we're just hitting the town. We're hitting up the city. And I was like, how cool am I? Um, and my wife's talking to me. I was like, oh, babe, look at you. You're so awesome. You're so hot. And I turn around. I'm like, oh, it's just me. 
I have to quote this because she'll say, if I didn't quote her right, I'm in trouble. And I go, I'm just Sal. And she goes, I didn't. I won't do her voice. <laughs> I, didn't agree, I didn't agree to go on a date with just Sal. And I was like, damn straight you didn't go on a date with just Sal. Do you know who I am, girl? And it's true, right? We need to get to the point where we start believing the words that he said. That's why I love that song. I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. And you know what? We need to start talking about ourselves because otherwise we're going to make them get it from them and it's not going to happen. And our wives and our spouse, they don't deserve just okay. I'm not just Sal. She knows she's got a great catch. I'm, pr- I'm pretty awesome. You know what? I'm short, and I'm good with that. You know, I've got style. I'm good with that. I'm funny. I'm okay with that. Yeah? I've got good muscles, and I'm okay with that, boss. Yeah? You know what? That's who I am. I, am the- I preach the way I preach. I lead the way I lead. I am who I am, and I'm good with that. And if we can do that in our single state, guess what? It saves a lot of headache in our marriage because we look up to him and go, God, I am becoming who you say I am. And then what happens? My wife, if I can do it over myself, you know how easy it is to speak it over my wife or my husband for the women? (laughs) Clarify that. (laughs) It's on Facebook. (laughs) Seriously, if we can't do it over ourselves now, it's going to be so much. Yo, my husband never tells me I'm this. My husband. You never tell me I'm this. You never. Start now. And if we're married, it's not too late. Start now. Start declaring who you are. Start believing what God says about you. What you make it so much easier in your marriage down the track. Amen. Ben can come up. I am who you say I am, and I'm good with that. He's a cop. He's good. (laughs) I'm in trouble now. You know, the world says, the world says half plus half equals one. Anyone want to dispute me on that? Teachers, half and a half equals one. That's what they say. And my son would agree he's a mathematic genius. And God says one plus one is one. Not a half and a half. We're not half people. Like, we're whole people, right? One plus one is one. Developing who we are now, starting to live it out, I'm one. I'm not half because my half is not going to be filled by my other half, which is then half a trouble, you know, like... But Sal, you're married. It's so easy to preach about singleness when you're married. You've got a wife. You're not lonely. Can I say, I know a lot of married people who are lonely because they think that their wife or spouse fills that loneliness and that void. And no, they can't. If you're going into marriage, if you think I'm single, I need someone to fulfill that loneliness, trust me. It might feel good for a bit. And I love being married. Don't get me wrong. I love my wife and she fills a void that no one else can except for God. He's the one. And so so many times when we're single, we want to rush because we don't like being alone. We don't know how to be alone. Sometimes I like it when my wife goes because I get to be alone. Oh, then she comes back. Calm down, everyone. (laughs) But do you get what I'm trying to say? If we're single, we're married... If you're single, I want to say it's a privileged calling.
to be single in the season you're in. Because you can do things above and beyond for God that no one else can do. You can fight for your purity now before it even enters marriagehood. And you can start talking, start building you the way God says you are. And for all us married people, it's the same as for us. It's, as long as it's today, it's never too late. Amen. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.